we have to focus on intention. This entire process, paying off debt, and anyone who goes through the process of paying off debt, it teaches you something. It teaches you to be very intentional with your money and where it's going. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about how to pay off debt while still enjoying life. Yeah. Well, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, Americans now owe around $1 trillion in credit card debt. This is the highest number since the New York Fed began tracking this information in 1999. As a country, we're buying more than we can afford, and it's showing. So how can we as a society rid ourselves of this high interest debt while still enjoying life? Can we plan for tomorrow and enjoy today? Well, to help us answer this very difficult question, I've invited author Allison Baggerly on the show today. Allison is a podcaster, a money coach, and the founder of Inspired Budget. As a former teacher, Allison blends her talents for teaching with her passion for personal finances to help others learn how to start budgeting and build a life they love. Allison has been featured in notable media outlets like Forbes, Business Insider, Parents.com, and many, many more. Her new book, Money Made Easy, How to Budget, Pay Off Debt, and Save Money is out now when she's not inspiring others to use their budget to create financial freedom. She enjoys camping with her husband, Matt, and their two sons in Texas. Welcome back to the show, Allison. Oh, Andy, that was amazing. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this all week. Oh, absolutely. Well, you and I have been connected for quite a while. If people have been listening to the show for a while, they remember you on the show in 2019. And I, we, wow. we were friends even before that. So I'm glad to connect with you again and have this important conversation that I think is going to help a lot of people because this is a weird time that we're going through right now. And obviously, it's easy for me to put my judgment hat on and say, well, people should spend less than they make <laughs> and pay off their debt with that extra money. But with inflation lately, it's been really tough for people just to get by. So how can we pay down our debt, our high interest debt during these high inflationary times? Yeah. You know, I was reading an article the other day and I don't remember the exact stats. So I'm not going to make one up, but I was reading it and it was some sort of stat, some sort of percentage that people are relying on credit cards just for their very basic needs, groceries, gas, electricity, things like that. So it's, I'm a very much like, you know me, Andy, I'm a half glass full kind of person. I'm a let's look at the silver lining type person. You and I are very alike in that way. So I like to think that it's not that people are like excited to go into debt and they're necessarily buying things that they don't need. It's that, like you said, everything is costing more. And so you're, you might not be making as much money and your money's not going as far. And so people are using that credit card as a crutch. And the truth, when you sent me over these questions in advance, and it was, <laughs> your question was, how can we pay down our debt during these high inflationary times? And the truth, if I'm being 100% honest, is you might not make the same amount of progress as before. Your money doesn't go as far right now, but it doesn't mean you can't make any progress. It doesn't mean that you have to go backwards. You just might not make as much progress. Your speed might change a little bit. Paying off debt is never this 
straight line. It always seems like it's this roller coaster because life happens and some of it's just completely out of our control, like inflation. So I would say when it comes to paying off debt right now, if you're struggling with money, is to really focus on your priorities in terms of your spending and seeing your debt payment as a non-negotiable in your life, treating it like it's your rent payment or your electricity payment, and then asking yourself, is there anything I can find extra to put towards this high interest debt? Because those credit card interest rates, they're soul sucking. And it keeps you in this cycle of debt. So the sooner you can get out of that, the more money you have every month to keep for yourself. I think that's a very good point. I think that uh, sometimes we see articles online where somebody paid off $1 billion of debt in five minutes and you feel like, well, (laughs) how come I can't do that? You know, and I joke about that. I'm even a curator of stories like that as well. So it's kind of hyperbolic, but maybe in the past times, maybe things like that were easier, like you're saying. And now it's, it's getting a bit harder with this inflation. And with the Fed increasing interest rates, credit card interest rates are going up. So it just gets harder and harder, right? Yeah, it really does. And I think that it can be really easy and normal to get stuck in this cycle of thinking, I'm not going to get out. This is my new normal. And that's what we need to change. That's what if you're listening and you have debt, Where you are right now with credit cards does not need to be your new normal. We are experiencing these super high interest rates, but history and past and the patterns have told us that it's not going to stay like this. It will go down eventually, but there is hope for you. You just have to look at it in a different light and really create a plan. And that is, I think, the hardest thing because we can get so stuck in our emotions and our overwhelm that creating a plan either feels impossible or every plan feel, feels like it's destined to fail. But it's not. We That's just our fear and our frustration speaking. After we've taken some time to give ourselves some grace and realize that this is a crazy, crazy moment in the world really right now, what are some of those small steps that we can do to maybe find that gap between our income and our expenses or grow that gap? Let's talk food first. I know that you're always posting some really fun and funny things on Instagram about food. What ways can we save knowing that that's one of the areas that's been going up a lot lately? Oh my gosh, yes. And when we say interest rate is at, you know, whatever percent, like 6%, 7%, food has always been higher. That's just an average. So food, groceries, restaurants, it's actually higher than really like those headlines. So number one, if you're spending more money on food, it's not because you're doing a bad job at grocery shopping. I know that for our family, we had to increase our grocery budget and we came to terms with that. So when it comes to saving money on food, I'm going to say, make Make sure that you are being very intentional in terms of saving money anywhere. It all comes back to intentions. I think we've all bought that bag of salad that sits in the drawer and then we end (laughs) up tossing out. I know I'm guilty of that. So I have made sure during this time to be very intentional about what I'm eating and I'm making. So I will shop fruits and vegetables that are in season. You're not going to see me buying strawberries in December because they're incredibly expensive. I will make sure that I'm meal planning every single meal that we eat. And yes, we do go out to eat. This isn't like we're only eating at home. I don't like cooking. So I keep everything very easy, very simple. And I always have a plan. And I have 
found that when I have a plan before I go into the grocery store, I'm less likely to become distracted by all the options and add things to my cart without thinking because those prices really do add up. So I would say go in with a plan, make a meal plan, and then also realize that you're really not going to be able to pay the same amount that you had last year or two years ago or three years ago. And that's okay, but you can still control the prices that you're paying now by going in with intention. I love the meal plan idea because not only does it help you probably save a little bit of money on groceries, but it also saves you from just you know, ordering out when you're like, okay, the day has ended. We both got back from work. The kids are home from school. I don't know. Let's just order out. That's where the costs come in. And probably the the health factor as well yes. when you're eating out a lot. So <laughs> Yes. And I will say, I am guilty of literally doing that yesterday. So even though <laughs> exactly. we make a meal plan, we did that yesterday, but if we didn't have a meal plan, it would be way more. It's okay for that to happen every now and then. I think that it's totally unreasonable for us to assume that we're going to be perfect every single time. But if I can get it right 80% of the time, I'm going to save money and I'm going to get closer to my goals. And that's kind of the mindset that I have when it comes to saving money on food, paying off debt, and just managing your money in general. Yeah, taking these small incremental steps can really make a difference. Let's say, you know, somebody's listening and they realize, hey, man, I've been looking at the numbers. I don't know how much more I can save at this point. Let's talk about making some more money. Now, this podcast is for parents. You know that you're a parent. You've got kids. There's a reality of the making extra money that is different for us parents. Talk to the parents out there that want to make a little bit of more money, but realize the limits of the side hustle or whatever that based on your responsibilities as a parent. Absolutely. You know, I don't want to take more on my plate in terms of time away from my family. I get that. When we were paying off debt, we did have some side hustles, but I was very mindful about it really taking time away from my kids because that that was just something that was a non-negotiable for me. So I very much First off, go to your current job, where you work now. If you haven't had a raise in a while, ask for a raise. Ask for maybe even overtime. Maybe you go in early or you stay late. If that's not an option, then maybe you look for a different job in a company that pays more. This is something that my husband and I did. As teachers, we are really set at a at a salary level. Well, not every district pays the same amount. So there was a time whenever we switched districts to make $10,000 more each. And that money has a really big impact. And it had a really big impact on our debt-free journey. So by doing that, we weren't spending more time at our job. We were just choosing our job wisely. So there are those options. And then of course, I I don't know about you, but I love how many work-at-home options are available now that we're just like this very digital society. And I would say that there is a skill set you have that someone else is looking for and needs support in. For me, I have someone that works for me. She works about 10 hours a week at home on her own time, answering emails and helping me out on Instagram. It is a skill set she has. She's actually a teacher. She can communicate effectively, kindly, and it just alleviates a pain point in my business so that I can spend my time doing something else and maybe creating something. So there is some sort of skill set you have. Even if you think that you don't, I promise you do. 
that you can actually see, is there anyone that is missing this skill set and that needs me to step in for them, even if it's just two hours a day? Because she makes on average about $850 to $1,000 extra each month by just working about two hours a day for me. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, the opportunities that are out there, especially when you have maybe that restriction of, I need to be in this house with my kids while earning money. I think there's so many opportunities, like you said, a virtual assistant, admin work, proofreading, you know, freelance writing, things like that can be a big deal and make you quite a bit of money. Let's talk to the parents out there, the spouses out there that are saying, you know, I am down for controlling my spending. I am down for making a little bit more money, but I can't seem to get my spouse to be interested in this conversation. And they just say, hey, everything's going to be fine. What would you say to that individual? How do you engage in that conversation? How do you move the needle in your financial relationship with your spouse? I would say, number one, you're not alone. You might feel alone and feel like you're the only person that has a spouse that's not on board, but this is so normal, more common than maybe you even realize. I see it a lot in my membership where one person is on board and they're sitting here saying, I want to make a difference. I see... I see what we could accomplish, but my other half, my partner, doesn't care. And I can't control them. They're an adult. And what I always say to that is, number one, don't lose faith. There is always an opportunity for change. And then number two, I think that actions can speak so much louder than words. Here's an example. One of my students, she was on board. She wanted to have a budget. She wanted to pay off debt. She saw that she really wanted just security and peace of mind with her money. So she joined our membership. She started just the process. And instead of nagging her husband, which is probably what I would do, <laughs> if I'm honest, like, and it's really like the default, right? Like, I see this. Why don't you notice it? Like, look at what we can do. Instead of doing that, because she knew it didn't work, she had done it in the past, she started showing him what she was doing in very simple ways. For example, she would print off a calendar and she put all of their bills on it and how much it was. And then she would write if it was on auto draft or if she paid it and she would literally just check it off. Or she would put maybe a budget. Maybe it wasn't a full budget breakdown. Maybe it was just a budget for their grocery spending or a budget for restaurants or a budget for their debts and how much extra she wanted to send to debt, she would put that on the refrigerator. And he started seeing it, not because she was pointing it out, but because he could see the change in her and he could see, hey, she's doing something and I want to see what this is. And he got on board with it because it had to come to it almost like on his own. And he had to see some of the change to be, I guess, convinced that this is worth the effort and the sacrifice for a season of time to live abundantly for the rest of our lives. Sandal season is something everyone looks forward to, and they're sliding into sandals year-round because of how they make them feel. Confident enough to reflect their style and comfortable enough to be their boldest selves. Being this, comfort transcends a single season or a single vacation or a single moment. It's a mindset. A mindset that brings the vibes of the summer to any moment. A mindset that creates the space to show up as your most audacious self. A mindset that evokes joyful, bold energy all year long, no matter where it takes you. With the new Croc-style sandals, you can embrace those feel-good summer vibes 
all year long. Thanks to versatile styles, effortless coolness, and brand new free feel technology that feels like nothing at all. These aren't sandals just for a single season. Check out options like the getaway sandals for ladies that make it feel like you're walking on clouds or the Brooklyn sandals that provide sophistication and all day comfort featuring light ride footbeds. I just ordered a couple of pairs for the special ladies in my life and I'm excited for them to try them on this summer. Right now, get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code TULIP20 at checkout. That's TULIP20, T-U-L-I-P-20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Recently, my daughter Zoe bought her very own iPhone. I'm so proud of her for saving up her money for years so she could buy it in cash. As some of her friends started sharing their phone numbers with her so that they could talk and text to each other, Zoe wanted to get her own number too. Given our family's great experience with Tello over the past two years, we checked out the site to look for a plan. We found a plan for Zoe for around six bucks a month. That gives her unlimited texts, 100 minutes of talk, and 500 megabytes of data. Since she rarely leaves the house and is mostly on our house Wi-Fi, this was plenty for us. But as she gets older and wants to do things with her friends outside of the house, Tello makes it easy for us to increase her data and minutes as we like. Personally, I went with the unlimited data, minutes, and talk plan that's only $25 a month, so it pales in comparison to what we were paying with Verizon previously. If you're considering a new phone plan for your middle schooler, your high schooler, or even yourself, and don't want to spend an arm and a leg, and still get great service, check out Tello at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello, T-E-L-L-O. Today I use Tello, my wife uses Tello, and now my daughter does too. Check out their latest deals at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Lead by example, and especially from a relationship standpoint, your financial confidence, maybe that becomes attractive to your spouse being like, well, I want I want to be around that. I want to be around that magnetism, what's going on there. I think that's really cool. You lead by example and get them going. I think that's a great example, and that is great advice. Now, let's talk to the person who's listening. They're like, okay, I'm saving a little bit of money. Maybe I'm making a little bit more money now. I got my spouse interested or on board. Let's talk about paying down this debt. Now, we've got a gap between our income and our expenses. What strategies can we use to pay this down in a good way where we're seeing some progress and keeping ourselves motivated? You know me. I love paying down debt. I love talking about debt. I think it's so wonderful. <laughs> That's why I, think I invited you. <laughs> very, I know. But I'm thinking, you know, the way I paid off my debt is we we went through the debt snowball method, meaning that we paid down our smallest balances first. And there was a reason for that. Number one, we had to free up money every month to cover daycare expenses. I was pregnant at the time. We didn't have $900 a month. <laughs> I can't believe daycare used to only be $900 a month. <laughs> It was $900 a month. We had to free that up. So the debt snowball gave us very quick access to cash flow. However, we also didn't have high interest debt. We did not carry credit card balances. In fact, Andy, I couldn't even get a credit card. I could not qualify for a credit card. So I didn't even have the ability to carry a credit card at the time because it was like 2011. I didn't have any history with any sort of finances. No one was approving me for a credit card, which in hindsight is probably a very good thing because I'm a spender. Regardless, I followed the debt snowball method because we didn't have that high interest debt and we had a very unique need for our family. And keyword there is unique. 
personal finance is just that. It's very personal. We have to do what works for our family, not necessarily what works for someone else. For those that are struggling with this crazy high interest credit card debt that feels like it's just going to continue to go up and when is it going to end, you can see the power and frustration and negative impact that that interest rate can have in your life. So I love the idea of focusing on the high interest debt first so that you can really knock it out and keep more of your money and get out of debt faster. So regardless of what you choose to do, I think the plan or I think the best thing to do is to have a plan. Have a plan and stick with it. Even when you don't want to, even when it's hard, even when you have to pause, just because you pause your plan doesn't mean you're not seeing it through. But going back and waffling between one plan to another, you're going to lose that focus. So get a plan, stick to it, choose the debt that you want to tackle first, and take any extra money that you can find and put it towards that debt within reason, of course. Yeah, I think that's great. Having a methodology and obviously making sure that it fits for your personal family situation is smart advice. Let's talk about staying motivated because sometimes this process can take a long time. And actually, if you're not you're not trying to hurt yourself and try to do it in a few months or whatever, it can take a while. So talk about staying motivated, maybe ways that you stayed motivated during your process. We took four and a half years to pay off our debt. Andy, when I tell you And our goal was five years. So we even kind of beat our goal a little bit. When I tell you that I lost motivation, I feel like it happened so much because that's a really long time to feel like you were working on anything. I mean, that's having a baby and it's off to kindergarten. Really, I mean, if you (laughs) think about it, it was so lengthy and long. And there were times that I was super excited and ready to go. Absolutely. But there were also times, specifically seasons in my life, I think summer, like every summer, I wanted to give up. Around Christmas, I would want to give up. I could see those patterns. I needed some sort of extra motivation. I was ready to give up. And so during that time, I did three things to help me with my motivation. The first thing was I turned to someone for accountability, particularly my husband. Now, my husband did not struggle with motivation as much as I did. He was very focused and determined. So I could go to him, express my overwhelm, my frustration, my lack of motivation, and he could kind of give me a pep talk and remind me of what we were doing in a very kind and gentle way, not in an you know, disrespectful way. So that's the very first thing I would always do is I would turn to him. The second thing I would do is I would turn to content. So at the time, I would actually binge listen to Farnoosh Tarabi's podcast, So Money, because I just needed content. I needed to be reading, hearing, listening to content that was promoting something I was working toward. It got me excited. I was not consuming content of people taking all these trips and doing all the things, I was very mindful about what I was allowing into my mind. And then the third thing I would do is I would save my debt payoff tracker for the moments I was losing motivation. I had this thermometer that I had printed out on Microsoft Word that said debt-free. And I would only color it in when I had lost motivation. So months would go by. And the moment I was like, 
what am I doing? This is so frustrating. I want to have the nice house. I want to have all these things. Why can I not have this? I'm a college educated person. I deserve to keep all my money. That's when I would get my red Sharpie, go to my closet door where I kept it and I would color it in and seeing how much I could shade in gave me motivation. Those are really true psychological ways to make this possible. I think I often, I'll say myself, sometimes I focus too much on the numbers and all of the details to get there, but there is so much to money that is emotional and psychological that we need to remind ourselves of that, that we're humans. (laughs) This is not a a robotic opportunity. These things take a while and whatever we need to do to get there, put those positive messages in in our face, in our ears, is a smart move to do. Talk about the things that we can do to not backslide and get back into debt. Once we've completed this or once we've moved forward and and accomplished a big deal, how do we avoid it in the future? I think that there's going to be times when you might go back into debt. I would love to say that you'll never go into debt again. But there could be a really massive, unexpected medical emergency that happens. And you're forced to pay a $35,000 medical bill and you don't have $35,000. And so you go into debt to set up that payment plan. So first off, I think releasing that pressure to be perfect forever is very freeing, number one. Now, am I saying like, oh, now's the time to go and get credit cards and buy everything you want? Absolutely not. I'm not saying to go finance vacations, but I have freed myself of, of perfection. And instead, I think that we have to focus on intention. This entire process, paying off debt, and anyone who goes through the process of paying off debt, it teaches you something. It teaches you to be very intentional with your money and where it's going. It teaches you to be patient, and it teaches you to really prioritize what's important to you. So when you can do those things, when you can have patience, be intentional, and know your priorities The moment that you're tempted to go into debt for an item, you can pause, take that, think about it, reflect on it, have a little bit of a pep talk. It will be easier to say no to something that maybe in the past you would have said yes to. This is great. You know, there's somebody listening right now and they're thinking, you know what? I don't know, man. Life is for living. You got money. You should enjoy it. All this budgeting and paying off debt and saving money. That's boring. What would you say to that person? I would say that it might be boring, but it's so freeing. And I know that's probably not what you were expecting to hear. There are boring things in life. It's boring to have to go get your, you know, go to your dentist appointment every six months. It's boring to have to go to your doctor's checkup. But it is so freeing to do that. And to that, I say your budget is really just a plan for your money. I love it because I particularly love spending money on experiences with my kids. Actually, in two weeks, I'm surprising my son with a trip to Universal Studios. I'm going to pick him up from school and we're going to head straight to the airport. And I look forward I looked forward to adding that to our budget. So when I can say that my budget is really just a way for me to be very intentional to spend money on what I want most, it's no longer boring and a chore to me. And it's very exciting because it allows me to see that I can do the things that I love and are meaningful for me 
while also saving for retirement, while also setting aside money for, you know, my HOA dues, which I would rather not pay, but I have to. So that's the way that I see budgeting. And I think that you can live an amazing life on a budget. You just have to be intentional and know what brings you joy with your money. Know what brings you joy with your spending. I love it. Yeah. Spending and planning with intentionality for the values that are most important in your life. I mean, I'm excited for you and your son to go on that big adventure. That's I'm really so what excited too. budgeting and planning is for. So. I know. I'm so excited. I can't wait. <laughs> well, somebody's listening and they're motivated to pay down their debt and make a plan for their money like you have and you've outlined in this book. We're going to talk about it in a moment. What is one small step, one small incremental step they can take to get them in the right direction? I would say know your financial truth. And for me, that looks like knowing where your money is going, how much money you have coming in, how much money you have going out, and how much debt you have. I think that there is so much power in knowledge. And so often we are scared because we don't actually know anything about our money or our spending habits. So I would say sit down, Print out your last month's bank statements or just go online, go on your app on your phone and just look at your spending, look at your money, find patterns in it so that you can make decisions that you're eager to make and that you're excited to make and that aren't a headache or a chore or a pain because you know your numbers, you've faced your financial truth. And once you're able to do that and you know exactly how much money you have going out, how much money you have going in, you can make a realistic plan to pay off debt and send extra money to debt. I love it. This is great advice, Allison. And I know you have a lot more advice for us in your new book, Money Made Easy. Where can they find this book? And then also, where can they listen to your awesome podcast? Oh, yes. So you can get the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, pretty much wherever books are sold. It comes out April 4th. So if you're listening to this after then, then go get it right now. It's so wonderful. It's really just about, I, I think personal finance is personal and it's about informing you of your options so that way you can choose the best plan for you when it comes to your money. And it's wrapped up in stories, which I think it makes reading something like nonfiction much more enjoyable. And then you can go check out my podcast, Inspire Budget Podcast, anywhere where you're listening to this podcast. Awesome. Yeah, I do like that about Allison's book. And I like that about a lot of books that weave in real people stories. So you can take down that knowledge, but then also put it into a real example. I like books like that. I like Allison's book. Allison, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Andy. I have learned a lot from Allison over the years that I've known her and that education is still continuing to this day. So I'm so happy to have had her on the show. Once again, thank you, Allison. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Allison Baggerly. Number one, Give yourself some grace. While we understand the realities of inflation, most of us listening to this show have never felt inflation like this. Food prices are out of control and the general costs of goods and services are a whole lot more than they were last year or even the year before. But our income may not have kept pace with that increase, right? In short, what Allison is describing and what I'm hoping you will do is realize that this is a crazy time. This is a really crazy time in our financial history. You might not hit big goals that you have for yourself super fast. Take your time. 
celebrate the small wins, celebrate them when they come, and then give yourself some grace in the process. Number two, become more intentional with your money. If you're listening to the show, you're more than likely interested in improving your family's financial situation, or you're at least a goal-oriented person in general. Take this moment to become more intentional with your money. Because inflation is so high, we have more of a need to take a deep dive into our budget, into where our money is going, to see what we can adjust, to see how we can make this work. Find some ways to reduce your expenses without killing your joy. Allison gave us a lot of options. My favorite options to consider are negotiating those recurring bills or switching providers altogether. You know, I talk about Tello in the in the show quite a bit as a low-cost cell phone provider to consider. You can negotiate your cable bill. You can negotiate the insurance bills that you have. You could do that every couple of years. These are just quick ways to save thousands of dollars that could really help you to save a little bit of money where you need to and then not kill your joy. Number three, make more money starting at work. If you want to make more money, start where you're already making the money. I'm all about the side hustle or finding ways to grow a small business of your own, but that can be overwhelming for some busy parents, right? The easiest and quickest way to make more money is through things like overtime, commissions, bonuses, or pay raises at your current place of work, or finding higher paying jobs in the field of work that you're already in. Exploring your options there could add thousands, or in Allison's case, tens of thousands of dollars into your family budget. And those are my top three takeaways, everybody. I would love to hear from you on what yours were. Please hit me up on social media at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram and Facebook and at Andy Hill MKM on LinkedIn and Twitter. Please, let's keep this conversation going. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. A big thanks to Dan Tabbitt for editing today's show and to Mandy Burt for her stellar writing, as always, and Josh Doring, a new member of the Marriage Kids and Money team, for his virtual assistance and getting all this stuff done. Thank you so much, man. This content is not possible without the three of you and so many more. So thank you so much for your support. Hey. If you want to create some more connections with like-minded people who are on a mission to improve their family's finances, well, I think you should join us in the Thriving Families Facebook group. This is a free Facebook group focused on helping young families thrive and have community in the same fashion. Each week, we welcome new members in our group, and group member Jamie shared this with us recently. She said, hello, we will pay off our mortgage in 2024, and we have two of three kids out of college debt-free in 2024. Jamie, welcome to the Family Financial Independence Community. Your 2024 sounds lovely. Way to go. I mean, paying off your mortgage and getting your kids to graduate college debt-free, that is a financial dream for a lot of people in our community. So I'm excited to learn from you. If you could, please share your journey in our group and your goals and how you've done this. I think a lot of people can learn from you and get inspired by your nice words. And I know I definitely will be inspired by those nice words as well. Can I get a round of applause for our friend Jamie for sharing with us? All right. Thank you, Jamie. 
If you are looking to make some connections with like-minded people and get inspired by their goals and their mission for this year or the year after, please check out our free Thriving Families Facebook group at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. I hope to see you there. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Sonia Sotomayor. Success is its own reward, but failure is a great teacher too, and not to be feared. Keep fighting for the future you want and give yourself grace along the way. Carpe diem. 